Good morning, Connection Church. I always like starting by telling a little bit about Billy. Since I've been here in Georgia, since the first day and I remember meeting Billy, he's always been a great friend and a brother, and I love him dearly. But I always have a bone to pick with him. Normally, I try to run and lift weights and try to stay in good shape. And anytime Billy calls me or, or if he texts me, he wants to meet at Papa Buck's, <laughs> Chick-fil-A, or somewhere else. And the last time he and I and Blake, we met, he actually uh, took me to a place in Lyons called Guacamole. It's actually pretty good. So I always try to mess with him because he always wants to get some, get some good food. I actually have something very interesting to talk to you guys today about. How many of you need some encouragement? Anybody? Anybody? <clears throat> But I would like to start by saying and preface this message by saying, it's amazing to me that when we come to Christ and when we come to know Christ, we feel like if our struggles are over. Most of the time when we come to Christ, we don't necessarily want to go through anything. We feel as if, you know, Jesus, I'm loving you. I'm loving people. Why should I ever struggle? Paul does an amazing job in 2 Corinthians of giving us some major encouragement, but also some foundational truths. In this body, in this life, on this earth, I don't know if you guys ever been through any of these things that I'm about to say, but stay with me for a second. You're going to find temptation. Your body's going to ache. I ran two and a half miles yesterday. My knees don't feel that good today. There are so many things that are going to plague us on this side, but what then Paul does in 2 Corinthians is gives us some major Encouragement. He talks about the Christian hope. Christian hope is not a wish. Christian hope is a guarantee. It's a certainty to trust God at his word and trust God's character and his plan for our life. And I'm going to ask all of you, if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians, and we're going to start reading at verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to start reading at verse number 1. Talking about encouragement, talking about hope, talking about a future. We're actually going to break this up. We're going to start at verse 1, and we're going to talk for a little bit, and then we're going to go 2 through 6, and we're going to talk for a little bit, and then we're going to connect the rest. Verse 1 says, for we know that if our earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an internal dwelling in the heavens, not made with hands, an eternal home, a Christian hope. Christian hope is connected to faith and rooted in God's word. One scripture that we quote very often, and there, there isn't a church that doesn't talk about it. There aren't many young people that don't talk about it. It's, all, it's actually Jeremiah 29 and 11. And we talk about prosperity and we talk about a plan and God has a plan for us. And right at the end of that verse, it says hope and future. But sometimes I think we miss the mark because we don't realize what was going on in the book of Jeremiah. In the book of Jeremiah, imagine a group of individuals being in bondage, going through a tough time, being captured. And you're talking about a hope and a future when I'm going through one of the toughest things I've ever been through in my life. 
talking about hope in a future. God, explain these terms to me because I don't feel like you have my hope in my future in your hands because why am I struggling right now? And if you ask that question, I actually have something for you. We have to allow our faith to allow us to trust God's plan fully for our future. Do you trust God fully? Do you trust his plans for your life? Or do you plan to do whatever it is that you want to do with your life? No matter, no matter the circumstance, God's plan is always faithful. An eternal plan, a plan that he's gifted us. Christian hope always seemed to be connected to difficulty, tough times. And so many of us, we don't necessarily like tough times. We flee away from tough times. And I always find that ironic because of a verse in Galatians, and we're going to get there in a second, but if you're going to truly follow Christ, you have to realize and you have to embrace the fact that you're going to struggle sometimes. And the next thing you remember is the greatest joy for a Christian is what happens beyond the grave. Talking about an eternal home. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, young people, if you're, under, if you're under 30, raise your hand. If you're under 30. I see some people in the back like, wow, you want to show people my age? <laughs> so you guys are not going to be able to get what I'm about to talk about right now. When I was a kid, I was the first grandchild, and so my babysitter was my grandfather. He was an old Vietnam vet. And so when I would stay over with my grandfather, he didn't necessarily allow me to control the television. I had to watch whatever he watched. And I'm going to say the name of some TV shows. You guys aren't going to understand what I'm talking about, but I believe there are going to be a few people in here that do. He would make me watch things like Gunsmoke. I see some people in the back fist pounding. <laughs> He would make me watch shows like Bonanza, Little House on the Prairie. I could see young people like, what is this guy talking about? But I would watch all those shows, and with him being a Vietnam vet, he also would show me these war movies all the time. All the time. And so growing up, I became enamored with war movies. And I can remember being in high school just like you guys here, and I fell in love with this movie called 300. Leonidas, King Leonidas. And I remember watching this movie, and I can remember, you know, being a young believer, and there was a part of the movie that really resonated with me. It wasn't, it wasn't all the gore in, in those scenes or that I wish I had abs like Leonidas. It wasn't that. It was this idea of a beautiful death. There's a part of the movie where Leonidas and these soldiers, they're getting ready to go, and as a Spartan, the greatest thing you can do is to go into battle and lose your life. To go into battle fighting for your country, fighting for what you believe in, doing everything that you can to show that I'm going to stand even if it takes my life. And the Spartans called that a beautiful death. And I remember being enamored with it. And I was like, wow, as Christians, as, a, as Christ followers, we focus so much on the here and now. But I truly believe what a beautiful death is, is someone that's following Christ, that's dealing with the struggles of life. And even if we get called home here, we realize when we open our eyes, we'll be with our Lord and Savior that's in heaven. A beautiful death. A beautiful death. This life is going to have its struggles. 
It's going to have these temptations. Your body's going to ache. People are going to talk about you. I can remember being young and being a son of a pastor, and I can remember doing the right things and, and wanting everybody to agree. Well, if I'm doing the right things, God, why is it difficult? There's a story in the Bible where Jesus told these disciples to go over to the other side, and I shared this last week. Go over to the other side of Bethsaida. And the Bible says that they were straining at the oar as well. Jesus, if I'm doing what you're telling me to do, why am I struggling? Why isn't it easy for me? Why doesn't everyone like me when I'm trying to do the right things? Why am I struggling with this person on my job? Why am I struggling with my son? Why am I struggling with my daughter? Paul wants us to know here, struggles, it's a part of following Christ. I can hear someone saying, preacher, I don't know if, if I believe that struggling is a part of following Christ. I actually have a scripture for you, Galatians 5 and 22, and I'm going to read it just so you don't think it's me. <laughs> Galatians 5 verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. In some translations, it's going to have forbearance, a long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Now, what I just read to you is talking about the fruit of the Spirit, something that we get wrong sometimes. We like to say fruits of the Spirit because we want to pick and choose the ones that we identify with the most so we can live those out. But if you're a Christ follower, long-suffering is part of the fruit, singular, of the Spirit. And as I'm sitting here looking at you guys, why is it that, myself included, we don't, of, we don't often talk about long-suffering? Who wants some of that long-suffering that, that God has planned for us? No one raises their hand. Part of being a Christ follower is being able to be in the face of adversity and deal with struggle and remain faithful even when it's difficult. Remain faithful when no one else is faithful. Young people, remain faithful even when it's not popular, even when it's inconvenient, standing when it's tough, standing when you're the only one standing on the right side. Struggle is natural when it comes to the Christian faith. Let's get back in the Word. Let's read a little bit. Let's go to verse 2. And as we dive into this, I want you guys to think about something. This is the tough part. Most of us, we've heard of heaven we know we're going to struggle sometimes. We know God has a plan for our future and an eternal home for us. But the question that we often ask God, God, how is it that I live here on earth and I have citizenship in heaven? What do I do in the meantime? Talking about our earthly tent, this body that we live in today. Let's read just a little bit. Verse 2, indeed we groan in this tent. That's me. I'm sore right now, so I've been groaning and complaining. My wife doesn't feel sorry for me. Don't tell her I said that. Indeed, we groan in this tent, desiring to put on our heavenly dwelling. Since when we take it off, we will not be found naked. Indeed, we groan while in this tent, burdened as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed, so that the mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who prepared us for this very purpose of God has given us spirit as the down payment. It's important for us to realize that struggling is a part of following Christ. And I want to demonstrate this by talking about some apostles in the book of Acts. Talking about struggling and how we should respond in this tent to our struggles or what we're going through or the trials and tribulations that are before us. 
I want you guys to imagine this. Imagine you're doing everything that you can. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You're ministering. You're loving people. You're telling people about the gospel. And there are a group of individuals that have power that don't necessarily like it. So they throw you in jail. They threaten you, tell you you can't talk about Jesus. You can't do any of these things. But you stand boldly because you're being filled with the Holy Spirit to do this job. So you're going to do it anyway. So you get to a point to where you're sitting before these men and they decide that we're going to flog you. We're going to chastise you. We want to hurt your body to try to teach you a lesson. Talking about physical suffering, talking about pain in this body. How about these men, these apostles? And you can read the story in Acts. You can read the story in Acts. Acts 5 and 41. Imagine these horrible things happen to you and rather than complaining, I don't know about you guys, this is me, this is just Steve. Why me, God? <laughs> Why my family? No one else goes through this. Y'all know those mini temper tantrums that we throw when we are in the shower by, by ourselves? You know, when moms put all the kids to bed and the husband's getting on her nerves, so why, why is it that moms stay in the bathroom for two hours? No, I'm just joking. Don't tell my wife I said that either. But it's one of those things, how do we deal with adversity? These men decide, you know what? Because of who Jesus is in my life, since you associated me with this great name, even though you flogged me, I'm actually going to praise God and rejoice, even though I'm suffering, because guess what? Number one, I know it's in it, but, but the second thing is, you considered me worthy to be connected to Christ. So this suffering is worth it. The New Testament tells us that when we suffer for righteousness, we're blessed. When we suffer for righteousness, we're blessed. That's in 1 Peter 3 and 14. Why is it that we don't necessarily associate blessings with suffering? Because we've been programmed to believe that in order to feel blessed, that means I have something. And it's true, you have Jesus. That's when you're truly blessed. It's not about things. It's not about cars. It's not about money. It's not about how many touchdowns you score. It's not about how many baskets you score. You're truly blessed if you have Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, you lack something. After being flogged, after being beaten, these guys rejoice to be considered worthy. You, you connected me with Christ, I'm going to praise him. In order for us to walk as Christ has commanded us to walk, we have to fully embrace the Holy Spirit. We have to fully embrace the Holy Spirit. And when you fully embrace the Holy Spirit, you walk by faith instead of only talking by faith. When you embrace the Holy Spirit, you walk by faith instead of only just talking by faith. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, anybody in here by show of hands know a little bit about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Anybody? See a lot of people raising their hands. Tell you why this story is so good to me. The story is so good to me because I couldn't imagine being thrown into a furnace. I couldn't imagine being the only ones that, that don't want to bow down. You're thrown into this furnace, and rather than, rather than burning up, you have someone in this furnace with you that don't, he doesn't even allow you to smell like what you're going through. You don't even smell like fire. Your clothes aren't even stinged. And we know that part about the story, but this is the part that I love. 
Even when they're struggling and they're going through something so dramatic, something that's ridiculous, something that, that could have took their lives, they say, God, we're not bowing down. Nebuchadnezzar, we're not going to bow down because we know our God can deliver us, but this is the part that we have to get to, church. Even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow down. How many times when we're going through things, can we say, God, I know right now you have me going through this, and rather than just sitting here and complaining and throwing a temper tantrum as an adult, you have me going through this, God, I'm going to put a smile on my face, and I'm going to be faithful to you, and I know you're able and willing to take this situation and make the best out of it. But God, I tell you what, even if you don't, I know you're able, and I'm still going to be faithful. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do that? Can you be faithful to God even when it's no one else standing with you? I shared this earlier. My mom was diagnosed with cancer. My mom's in her early 50s, and my mom's been really healthy pretty much her entire life, and she goes and she gets this checkup. She gets this checkup, and she comes back, and they say she has, like, something on her lungs or something like that, and so a mass, that's what they called it. They, they said she had a mass, and so you may have cancer. I remember getting a phone call. My family and I, we were in Charleston. Hey, son, I just want you to know. They say, I may have cancer, but I'm not claiming it. God is still good. You have to know my, my mom. It's like she doesn't really have a bad day. No matter what it is, God's good, son. God's faithful. So, Mom, I know you want That's not how you feel right now. But that's what she would always say. God is faithful. And I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to be open here with you guys. I remember being on the phone with my mom, and I felt in my spirit I was supposed to pray with my mom. But we were getting ready to go eat and enjoy Charleston, South Carolina. So I decided, ah, I'll just pray for it later. So I didn't pray. I just prayed for it later that night. Well, later my dad, my dad ended up calling me again after they had some more tests run. They said, yes, she does have cancer. And we don't know if it's going to be chemo or if we're going to be able to remove it. It's like, wow, so my mom has cancer. My mom's in her early 50s. This isn't great. My family, we've never been through anything like this before. When I'm talking to my dad and I'm praying with him, God is still faithful. It's just our time to go through. These are the things that my family's saying, and, I'm, and if I'm being honest with you guys, in that moment, in those moments, I wanted to feel sad. I wanted to feel down. But I think sometimes God wants us to be in an unfortunate situation. That's when we really can truly depend totally on him. Fast forward, my mom had surgery. They removed the mask. If you see my mom today, you would never think that she had anything wrong because when she was going through one of the toughest things in her life, she went to the toughest source in her life, and that's Jesus Christ. How do you face adversity when things are difficult for you? And Paul is encouraging us here. He's encouraging us. Yes, this earthly tent. Sometimes it's not great. We go through things that are really tough, but we have to learn to walk by faith and not only talk by faith. As we get ready to move forward, I'm, going to get, I'm getting ready to read this verse, and I want you guys to really, to really hone in right here, talking about faith. In Hebrews, it tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. One of my favorite preachers, Pastor Dr. Tony Evans, he always says, my sight connects me to my situation, but my faith is what connects me to Christ. So as we get ready to read, where's your faith? Where is your faith? Let's read. 
Verse 7. I'm going to read verse 6, then we'll read verse 7. So we are always confident and know that while we are in, in, at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Verse 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. How many of you in here are walking by faith and not by sight? Or what moves you, it's what you see. It's what you, it's what you see. Are you truly walking by faith or are you walking by what you see? Our sight will always connect us to our situation, our circumstances, our flesh, our afflictions, the temptation, the things that we go through. But our faith is what connects us to Christ. Faith allows us to show evidence of our confidence in God's eternal plan for us. Faith allows us to show evidence of God and his plan for us. I want to pause right here, and I'm going to ask you guys a question you don't have to answer. Do you truly trust God's plan for your life? Do you truly trust it? Do you truly trust God's plan for your life? Sometimes when we talk about biblical hope and we're talking about faith, the world over here on this side says, well, you know, this is what you have to do and this is how you have to live. And it's totally different from what God has placed in the Bible. Which plan, which way do you go? It's sad to say, church, that a lot of times, even inside of the church in our Christian body, we allow the world to set the trends for us. We allow people on outside of the church to set the trends inside of the church. We allow naysayers and people that don't love people that don't love God tell us how we have to live when God has given us clear direction in his word. Can you be faithful when the world isn't faithful? Can you, can you be faithful when everyone in the world says you have to live a certain way? And you say, no, that's not what my God said. I'm going to follow God's plan for my life. Last part of part three, death isn't the end for followers of Christ. I want to read you guys something. And it always gives me a lot of confidence when I'm reading it. As I'm sitting out and I'm looking at you guys today, there are certain days that I am not confident. Because some days I'm going through things and, and, and I'm experiencing things or I'm working with people that are going through things and sometimes I, have, I try to work out of my own might. It's not until we realize that we don't have any power. It's not until we realize that we have to care, cast all our cares on God because he cares for us. Sometimes we have to go through the worst things in our lives to finally realize that we should have went to God in the first place. Death isn't the end for followers of Christ. I'm going to read something in Romans for you guys. And I want you guys to just listen to these words. Romans chapter 6. And I'm going to preface this by saying, how we truly live matters. Walking by faith matters. How we live before others matter. How we love others, it matters. And just like I'm looking at you guys, I know some people saying, well, sometimes I struggle and I deal with things. 100% true, we all do. But I'm going to give you some more encouragement coming from the book of Romans that's going to help you. Romans chapter 6. Verse 1, it says, what should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. 
For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old selves were crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin may be rendered powerless so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin since a person who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Underline that if you underline in your Bible. Because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. Why is that scripture important? Why is that scripture important? Because Satan in the world wants us to believe that sin still rules. And that death is always scary, and I have to be so fearful of it. Our Lord and Savior defeated both. Jesus defeated both. Sin no longer has dominion over us. And what that means is, I can walk how Christ commanded me to walk. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be mistake-free, but what it does mean, sin doesn't have dominion over me. It does not tell me what to do. Young people tend to always be very fearful of death. Young people tend to always be fearful of death. And I'm going to share something with you guys. If you a believer, you a Christ follower, and you're doing everything that you can to live up to, to the expectations that God has given us, and you're out here making disciples, and you're loving people, and you're doing what God has purposed you to do, don't fear death. Don't fear death. And don't allow sin to rule in your life. As I get ready to close, we're talking about an eternal home. We're talking about heaven, being with our Father. Something that he's promised us so many times in his word. Then we're talking about this tent, the reality the Christian reality of the struggles that we deal with down here. How do we defeat it? By walking, by walking in faith and fully embracing the Holy Spirit. And then also realizing that this biblical hope that this preacher is talking about today is a guarantee. It's not a wish. Biblical hope allows us to accept Christ, and it connects us to God's promises. Biblical hopes look forward to a guaranteed future. The sobering truth that I'm going to give you guys today, God will judge all individuals, including believers, not only in terms of salvation, but in deeds performed on earth. We're going to verse 10 here in Corinthians, and I'm going to read it, and I'm going to close. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us will be repaid for what we have done in this body, whether good or bad. That's a sobering truth. Some people believe it's harsh. I actually believe it's a blessing. We're held accountable for how we live. We're held accountable for how we love. We're held accountable. And since we're held accountable... How do you respond to that accountability? I believe what Paul is telling us today. He's given us the ultimate encouragement that even when things are difficult, God has your future. 
Even when you don't understand things, God has your future. Even though sometimes our reality isn't fun. Even though sometimes we go through things that make us want to quit. Don't quit. Because your future belongs to God. Last scripture for everyone that has their Bibles. Go to John 6. And we're going to read verse 47. John 6, verse 47. And in your Bible, the writing should be read, which means it's extremely important. Everything in the Bible is important, but if it's in red, it's extremely important. The Word of God says, Truly I tell you, anyone that believes on me has eternal life. Accepting the gift of eternal life means my hope isn't filled with doubt. That doubt's removed. And it's rather filled with confidence of God's promises for his people. Walking in faith is not about your power. It's about trusting God's character and trusting his word. Trusting the good news, trusting the gospel. If it's written, it belongs to you. Don't allow the temptations or the trials to push you to a point to where you forget that God has your future in his hands. Can you trust God? Will you listen to Paul's encouragement today? I often say when I'm reading in Corinthians, it seems as if Paul was so ready to go to be with the Lord so many times. And I believe all of us in here, we've been through some tough things. But I know you guys have been going through Corinthians as well. Paul experienced some tough things. How will we respond when it's our turn to go through something really difficult? Can we stand like the apostles and glorify the name of Jesus? Because we know what the end is going to be. Every time I walk into church here, I always see a whole lot of Georgia gear. I know I'm about to lose some people right now. I know, I, I know. But you Georgia fans, in my opinion, probably have the best team in the nation. And somebody's going to get me online because I'm an Auburn fan. We're not very good. Penn State just destroyed us yesterday. But if you knew without a shadow of a doubt that no matter what the score was in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, you were already shown that your team's going to win. You wouldn't care if your team was down 14 in the first half. You wouldn't care if your team was down 12 with three minutes to go because you already know that your team is going to be successful and your team is going to be victorious. Just as sure as I'm looking at you guys, if you're on Team Jesus, the battle is already won. Your future is already written. So I'm going to ask you guys to do me a favor. Act like a winner. You hold your head high even when you're struggling. Even when you're going through something and you feel like you're about to snap. I 100% believe God specializes right there. That's my child. 
God's going to be able to take you right through whatever it is. Be faithful. Trust God's plan of hope and a guaranteed future. Let us pray. God, it's a blessing to be able to call you Father. God, you're so generous and you're so faithful. And God, if I'm being honest, you're faithful even when we're not faithful. It's so difficult at times, God, to look past what we're going through, God, because we can physically see it. And I think of Paul and all the difficulty and the things that he had been through in his life and he longed for spending eternity with you. And God, I 100% believe that the ultimate encouragement is no matter how difficult the struggles are here, one day when you call us home, those struggles are over. But while we're here, God, on this earth, we have work to do. How we live before others, it matters. What we do in this body, it matters. We're held accountable. And God, for everyone that's in here that's under the sound of my voice, God, that know you to be their Lord and Savior, and they have accepted that gift of eternal life, God, I ask that we just, we just remove all doubt. And we fill that void with confidence in your abilities. Allow us to realize, God, that our physical suffering isn't in vain. God, we truly understand and we appreciate how faithful you really are. And in return, God, you're going to get our faithfulness. We're going to respond to adversity. We're going to respond to tough circumstances. We're going to respond with faithfulness. God, we love you always. In Jesus' name I pray.